Hello, this is Brian Bullington, and I am pastor of New Song Family Church in Ventuk, Namibia. I'm so glad that you have joined us today, and it's my prayer that this podcast message will help you to grow closer to Jesus as you walk daily with Him. Hello again. (laughs) So we've been going through uh, the Sermon on the Mount. It's a fantastic passage. I, I love this passage. It was one of the, actually it was the first discipleship course that I ever took was, it started with this passage of scripture. And from the outset, it convicted and convicted and convicted me. So this morning, we are talking about revenge, right? And that's in Matthew 5, verse 38 to to 42, if you'd like to read along. And I'm reading from the ESV. And it says this, you have heard it said, an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. But I say to you, do not resist the one who is evil. If anyone slaps you on the right cheek, turn to him the other also. If anyone would sue you and take your tunic, let him take your cloak as well. If anyone forces you to go one mile, go with him two miles. Give to the one who begs from you and do not refuse the one who would borrow from you. And so it starts off with this verse in verse 38. You have heard eye for an eye and tooth for a tooth. And if you reference back, it goes back to, to Leviticus as God is giving out the law. Uh, he says this in, in Leviticus 27, verse 17 to 21. He says, whoever takes a man's life shall surely be put to death. Whoever takes an animal's life shall make, uh, shall make it good, life for life. If anyone injures a neighbor as he has done, it shall be done to him. Fracture for fracture, eye for eye, Tooth for tooth, whatever injury he has given a person shall be given to him. Whoever kills an animal shall make it good. Whoever kills a person shall be put to death. I remember the first time reading this thinking, oh, that's a bit rough, right? Because I read, the first, the first book I read was the Gospel of John. And you see God talking and, 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 and Jesus talking and he's gracious and says, forgive those who harm you. And then you go back and you start from the beginning and it says, eye for an eye and tooth for a tooth. And it sounds a bit rough. Let's say you, you accidentally elbowed someone in the eye and they're blind in that eye. Your eye's got to go too. Both of you, maybe the two of you can stand together and t- together you can make one full person with eyesight. Right? But that's the way that it was. And, and I thought maybe this is a bit harsh. But what it was was God actually restraining us. Right? When he said eye for an eye, tooth for a tooth, you have to know that there was someone doing much, much more. When I, when I read through all the, all the laws in Leviticus, and some are really, really random, right? Some are, are, are things that you think no one would ever do that. But you have to know that if they wrote it down, there were people doing it, right? And God gives this law to hold back our sinful desire to retaliate in our faulty human justice, right? When we get hurt, right? Do we really want them to be hurt the same amount? Do you want just a little bit more or a whole lot more? Right? When we get hurt, we, we, don't, we don't just think of the justice of the act, the, the sin. We think, oh, and, and they're violating me as a person and my rights. And how do they know what I've gone through, my past? Do they know what happened to me when I was a child and then they did this? And we put that on top of that. So by the time... We exact our justice. It's multiplied. So when God was saying, eye for an eye, he's holding back, pulling back the evil 
that would make us retaliate with much more, right? We take it to the next level. So uh, we had these two cousins, Dangi and Muye, and um, when we were at the village, this is, this is how we would, this is how our days would go. Before you were, before you were, I think at 15, on our dad's plot, you, you didn't deal with, I mean, you did every now and then you worked with the cows, but your responsibility was the sheep and the goats, right? So we would leave every morning, you, you separate uh, the, the young from, from the older sheep and goats, and you send them out, and we go with them. And so we would walk with them from nine in the morning and come back around two o'clock. And as we're out there, we'd be doing all sorts of things like killing birds to come and eat and uh, finding random roots and things that this guy said, oh, this is good to eat. And then you pick it out and you eat it and we do all sorts of random things. One day, these two guys, Dangi and Muya were brothers and these guys were always at each other. They provided a lot of entertainment. They're the kind of people that you say something, you just say something and it sets one of them off and they go at each other. Very entertaining, right? So one day we're out there, and we have, uh, a donkey pick, picks out this root, right? And it's this plant that has these leaves with these little white hairs on it. And if you hit someone with it, they itch. And the only way you can get them out is by washing it out when you get home with some water. So Muya was, uh, Dangi was standing, and, and um, he, he hit Muya on his cough. And so this guy's scratching the whole way home. I can see in his mind, Muya's like, yeah, I'm going to get you. I'm going to get Because I could see this look on his face, that vengeance will be mine. So we've come back. We, we, we cook our pup, and then we sit under this tree, There's the, the nice tree in the yard. right? Because here in Namibia, you need to really pick your trees. Some don't really give you the shade that you need. And so we had one tree in the yard, and we all sat under there. And that's where most of the conflict would be resolved or it would begin. So we all eat our pup and um, Dangi is laid out on the sand. And Muya comes and he's pulled out in his pocket. He's got all these roots that I'm watching him pull out. thinking this is going to be good. So he proceeds to, to sit on top of him and hit him down the spine with these things so he can't reach them. So for the rest of the time... This guy's trying to get these things out. At some point, a fight ensues. But I look at this, I remember this story, and I think this is how we are with justice, right? It was just a little, just a, a little hit on the cough, and this guy was scratching his back for the rest of the day, right? And of course, none of us helped him because that would take away the conflict, which was entertaining, right? But we have this view of justice, and, and, and as Jesus is talking about this, he says, don't resist the one who is evil. If anyone slaps you on the right cheek, turn to him the other also. Right? Now, this is, Jesus is not literally saying when someone hits you, you go, and this one? <laughs> right? That's not what he's saying. I believe Jesus in this verse is referring to a prophecy about himself a prophecy that he will fulfill. In Isaiah 50, verse 6, it says, I gave my back to those who strike and my cheeks to those who pull out the, be pull out the beard. I hid not my face from disgrace and spitting. This is prophesying his own, his own suffering that he would still endure. He's referencing this old verse and saying that you don't know, but I'm going to fulfill this. 
And as I read that, I think of uh, Matthew 5, verse 17, where it says, I have not come to abolish the law and the prophets, but I've, I've come to fulfill them. And Jesus was saying, this is, this is what I'm going to do. And Jesus was fulfilling everything that he says in this sermon, he fulfilled in the way that he lived and would fulfill in the way that he would die and, and rise again. Um, just a, a reading tip to throw out there. When you buy a Bible, right, I, I found one of the most amazing things you can get is a Bible with a cross-reference. Right? It's got a little slot in the middle, and it'll reference the verses that you are reading. It'll reference and send you somewhere else. It's the most amazing thing. I found so much from reading this. I just wanted to throw that out as we're reading through the Bible this year. It's an awesome thing. So, so if you look for a Bible, if you actually buy a physical one, those things still exist. Look for one with a cross-reference. Right? So revenge is paying back wrong for wrong, right? It's evil for evil, right? Actually, it's more evil for evil, right? And we would be mistaken as we read this passage to think that maybe Jesus is saying we need to ignore the wrong, right? But that's not what it's saying because later on in, in, in Matthew, Jesus outlines how we're supposed to deal with conflict, right? 18 verse 15 to 17, it says, If your brother sins against you, go and tell him his fault between you and him alone. If he listens, then you have gained your brother. But if he does not listen, take one or two others along with you, that every charge may be established by the evidence of two or three witnesses. If he refuses to listen, then tell it to the church. And if he refuses to listen even to the church, let him be to you as a Gentile and a tax collector. Right? We're called to actually call out the wrongdoing, right? When someone does something wrong, we need to actually speak to them and say, hey, you're messing up here, right? This isn't right. Actually, to, to, to leave someone in their sin when you know it's wrong is actually a great act of unkindness, right? We need to, to, to correct one another, to, to, to instruct one another, to lead one another back to Christ. So that's not what this passage is saying. Romans 12 verse 17 says, Repay no one evil for evil, but give thought to what is honorable in the sight of all. And if possible, so far as it depends on you, live peaceably with all. Beloved, never avenge yourselves, but leave it to the wrath of God. For it is written, vengeance is mine, I will repay, says the Lord. See, our job is not to exact justice ourselves, but we do all we can to live peaceably with everyone, which means our job as, as, as believers is to reset the relationship on our side with a goal of restoration. So as, as, as much as it is up to me, on my side, what do I do with this, with this conflict? We can't write people off, right? We can't just say, because that's, that's, that's something that people do. They go, I forgive, and then they never talk to them again, right? I don't hold it in my heart. I never want to speak to them ever again, right? That is not forgiving, right? That is not working through things. This person, and, and, and here's something that I've learned as I've offended people and been offended by people. Being on the side of offending people, there have been many times where I've offended people and then just, I didn't even know. Right? You just continue with life and someone is really upset with you. They're not talking to you. They've told other people that they're offended with you. We can't live like that. As God's people, we cannot live like that. There's no such thing as writing off and canceling. That needs to be canceled. 
right? We do all that we can to bring the person back, to restore our relationship with them, but also to restore this part of broken relationship with God. Because when we sin, we sin against people, but we sin against God first. When I lie to someone, I sinned against God first. So restoring would restore that relationship with that person, but also restore this broken part of our relationship with God from my side. Right? It's, it's, it's what God is calling us to do. Right? In this, it's saying, yes, you speak, because that's what Jesus, Jesus did. Jesus didn't, didn't stay silent. Jesus was going to die for all these people. But as he preached, he called, he called people out on what they were doing. It's, a, it's, it's the same Jesus who, in mercy and, and, and in grace, silently took punishment. That's the same Jesus who, not too long ago, was overturning tables in the temples of people making the, 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 the house of God uh, a marketplace. He dealt with the issue. But then he went on to do the most amazing act of grace and mercy. Right, Jesus, Jesus uh, exemplified this in so many different ways. Um, in Matthew 5 verse 40 it says this, If anyone would sue you, take, uh, sue you and take your tunic, let him have your cloak as well. And if anyone forces you to go one mile, go with him two miles. And the, the background behind this, this verse, verse 41, with the, with the one mile and two miles, is any Roman soldier could come and, and could, could ask one of their subjects, and the Israelites were their subjects, he could come take off his armor and say, I'm going this way, you need to carry it, you were, you were um, obligated by law. If this man came and gave you his armor, you had to carry it one mile. And Jesus is saying, go the extra mile. So as he's saying this, this, this means in our resolution... We go an extra mile in the kindness that we show, right? That we actually, outside of just forgiving them, maybe talking to them, show kindness, show extra kindness. I think of, of, of Jesus at his arrest when um, Peter takes out a sword and he swings it at someone and cuts off an ear. Jesus, in that moment as he's being betrayed, takes, takes this guy's ear and puts it back on. Showing kindness to his betrayer, showing kindness to the people who are about to arrest him and torture him and kill him. Jesus, uh, once again and again and again, shows this example of showing kindness beyond what is deserved of that person. I think of, of Paul, and, and as I was reading this, I thought for the first time, and I don't know why, that Paul was probably there when Jesus was on trial. Paul is probably one of those people in, in, in those meetings saying, this guy needs to die. This guy is a, a, a blasphemer. Because after that, he continued on to persecute many believers. And what does Jesus do with him? Jesus saves him. Right? As I think about it, I think, you know, Jesus could have just said, you are the one who's persecuting me, struck him with blindness, and left. But Jesus saves him and says, I'm going to give you an incredible purpose. Your life is going to be mine. I'm going to, I'm going to send you out to bring my light, my truth to the Gentiles. I'm going to save you. I'm going to transform you. And I'm going to give you eternity. Even though you persecuted and killed those who are growing my kingdom. Go above and beyond in your kindness towards others. 
In Matthew 5, verse 42, it says this. Give to the one who begs from you, and do not refuse the one who would borrow from you. Be kind even when it costs you to go above and beyond. That's what he's saying. He's saying to this person, and, and this passage is connected, this verse is connected to the, to the very first one. That same person that is horrible to you, if they ask, hey, I'm in need, can you help me? Give. There have been many times, and, and, and I love my relationship with my siblings, is we can, we can be arguing, we can uh, be very upset with each other, but if something needs to be done, if someone is in need, everyone rallies around this person and gives to this person. Jen and I have, have often uh, argued about this because we're, we're from very different homes. When, they don't, when they're not talking, they're not talking. When we're not talking but stuff is happening, we still need to uh, continue to love one another. And Jen goes, you guys are angry with each other. Is this fake? It's like, no, no. It's, it's just we have to show love beyond this argument, beyond whatever tension is going on right now. Right? So what do we do with this? And I'd like for us to, to, to not only think about this, but actually spend time um, just with the people that, 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 that you're next to praying about these things. Right? So are there people in your life uh, that you have tension with right now? Are there people who have wronged you, people who have hurt you? No, none at all. <laughs> are there people that, and, and, and I bet you, You've already got that person in your mind, right? If they don't come right, maybe in this time, ask for one another to ask us to pray for one another. If you're struggling to forgive this person, ask that please pray for me. I cannot forgive this person. I right now I do not like this person. I said that to people in prayer groups. I do not want to forgive this person. I am just waiting for judgment day and hope that they burn, right? But God is not calling us to be like that, even in, in, in our hearts of hearts, because everything about this, this, this passage, this sermon, is Jesus dealing with the very heart itself. It doesn't matter if our outward actions show kindness, but our heart is far away. It doesn't matter if we, if we show kindness outwardly, but on the inside, we're hoping that this person meets the worst end, Right? So if you're struggling with that, um, pray for one another. And then, with the person that you're with, share three different ways that you could go above and beyond to show kindness. Right? We'll do this for about five to ten minutes, and then we'll come back together and close with worship. Okay, let's pray. This is Rico Veca, and I'm also a pastor at New Song Family Church. I want to thank you for listening to this message today, and it is my hope that you will join us again for another New Song Family Church podcast.